It's quite lovely, quite tangible, the quality of heartful presence. Sitting together, seeing some of you in this kind of very beautiful gesture or mudra of just a hand lightly, tenderly placed on the heart, expressing that quality of tenderness. And the sense or the feel of that in the field as we sit together. So we'll do one more uh, exercise for exploring the heart center. Um, more interactive exercise, although not verbally. Um, and maybe you've done it before. Well, maybe not. Let's see. So I'll explain it, and then uh, and then we'll have a little time after that just for reflections or comments or questions you might have. And. We'll do, we'll do that exercise looking at, or not so much looking at, but sensing into, bringing alive the, the four particular uh, boundless heart qualities. So, um, just wondering whether to explain it to you now or explain it to you as we go along. Well, maybe we'll do it as we go. So we'll, we're going to do the exercise just in the form of moving around the room. And, uh, and then we'll stop with various partners and I'll offer a few reflections. So maybe we can clear a little space from the cushions and chairs. And again, just as, you, as we do the setup, don't lose touch. Right? Let the thread of your practice, just to, the way you're attuning to experience, stay with you. So please, yes, let's just clear things to the side so that there's enough space for you to walk around and in amongst each other freely. Please just begin by just walking uh, around the room, in amongst one another, having your attention be kind of rested into bodily life, rested into this receptive quality of heartful awareness that we've been cultivating. Having the sense of that heartful attention extending to the people that you pass and interact with. And then just coming to stop uh, opposite and facing somebody nearby. Being in each other's eyes. And considering bringing alive this heart quality of metta. This basic friendliness of heart, this quality we all know of a natural well-wishing. If there's an odd number, please just uh, join in and make a trio here. Yeah. And 
just seeing how that quality of basic friendliness, goodwill, care, can be both felt and expressed, offered and received. Having that recognition as you meet another of amidst your differences of story and detail and background and upbringing, the far more powerful sense of similarity, human eyes, human heart, human wishes, human needs. human longing for love, human nature of various challenges, defenses, struggles, and in the recognition of that, in the reflecting on that, letting the heart have its expression whatever that is in you right now. And for some, it might be sweet, beautiful, deep. For others, it might feel awkward, shy, maybe even excruciating. So just whatever, whatever is there in the heart, letting it be met. No wrong experience. And then you might like to just make a little bow to your partner and let them go and walk on again. staying in the heartful awareness that meets whatever residue there might be from that encounter whatever relationship with experience And then coming to meet somebody else. Finding someone to stand with and stand opposite. And, uh, just joining, if you, are, if you find yourself without a partner, yeah, just make a trio here. And here too, human eyes, human heart, human contact. And in considering this quality of karuna or compassion, 
whether or not you know anything about the story of the person you're with. Just recognizing how this person has definitely, inevitably had struggles, losses, disappointments, difficulties, both inner and outer, both historical and current. Sorrows and challenges and difficulties that regardless of their detail and story are the same kinds of difficulties and struggles that you know, that you care about, that you're concerned with. Here's another human being with fragile health, with an aging body, with a sometimes difficult and uncooperative mind. Here's another suffering Buddha. Just letting your heart take in the truth of that. Letting your heart be tenderized by each other's losses and pains and sorrows. It's sometimes hard for all of us to be human. Whatever arises in your experience as you stand with a person, and seeing if it's possible for the heart not to flinch. Rather just to receive and to respond. And then making a little bow to your partner and letting them go. So just walking among each other with whatever's in 
the field of experience. Allowing whatever's moving in the heart. And then coming to meet someone new. There's over here, Jed and uh, David. You've got each other there, look. Yeah. And then just standing with each other in recognition of this heart quality of mudita, joy, delight, wonder, gratitude. All that there is to appreciate in life. The miracle of this human being standing in front of you. This living, breathing, sensitive person. This one who longs to love and be loved like we all do. This one who loves to love. This one who has great depths and capacities of heart. This one who cares enough about life that they've shown up here today to explore and to feel and to share these practices. What good fortune to be here, to be in this person's eyes, to recognize the blessings of this human life. And just sensing how the heart is able to respond to delight, to appreciate, to love. feeling whatever way it's possible to enjoy this person's presence. Whatever way it's possible to enjoy your own presence. Whatever way it might be possible for the fizzing of the champagne of the heart. And then 
offering this person a little bow and letting them go. for the last time coming to uh, meet somebody nearby. Being in each other's eyes. Whatever we, you may know, you may be familiar with this person or not, but whether one knows much about the detail and drama of somebody else's life, just looking in the widest way at this living, loving, dying being. This one, just like oneself who has an arc of life living, loving, losing dying as the sign in the monastery I used to live in reads in 100 years all new people Just letting the heart, as much as possible, be wide and spacious to this arc of life, to this very human nature, to this very essential nature of all things. We arise and we express ourselves and we pass on. It's my nature, it's your nature, it's our nature, it's the nature of everything. Seeing whatever way it's possible for the heart to be wide and spacious enough. to make room for all of this life. To make room for the arisings and the passings. To make room for the beautiful and for the painful. To make room for everything in the widest embrace 
of the heart. Spacious. Quiet. Open. Then offering a little bow to your partner and letting them go. So just walking on a little And as you walk with and among each other now, just caring for your own heart, whatever its condition right now, whatever the residue of the meetings is, whatever's alive for you. And then just keeping in touch with this aliveness or tenderness of heart as you please reassemble the chairs and cushions and come back to sit down. So, little time for any reflections or uh, comments uh, you might have or questions arising from the exercise and from the way we were kind of framing that. Yeah, please. Just, yeah, it'll come. beautiful and powerful and I was wondering why besides um, the breathing exercise we did before and obviously I believe it's because in this society or at least in New York we are supposed not to make eye contact and I come from a place where we make eye contact so this was even 10 times more powerful to take the time and to look at you know people in the eyes and, yeah. um, more than it would have been elsewhere, I believe. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. I wasn't quite sure you said something about we're not supposed to make eye contact. Yeah. I mean, when you're in the subway, don't uh-huh. make eye contact. Or even yeah. when you walk down the street, or, you know, the number of times you hear that as a recommendation, as a way to protect yourself. Yeah. Maybe this is a city. I don't know, but that's very new for yeah. me. So this the time we just spent was the opposite of what I hear every day. Yeah. Mm. Well, you know, I mean, this whole practice is a practice of intimacy, right? What we call meditation or uh, awareness or mindfulness. It's really a practice of intimacy with experience. And so a relational mindfulness practice is also a practice of intimacy with one another. But I, and intimacy is beautiful, and we love intimacy, and intimacy and vulnerability go together. And because of that, in a way, we have to check out, you know, sometimes intimacy of different kinds is more or less or, less or not appropriate. 
Right? So it sort of makes sense to think that some people don't feel able to, or they don't want to, or they're sometimes even rightly wary of being, uh, being too available, actually, with the eye contact. And, you know, probably as a woman, you have that experience of knowing sometimes it's not a good idea to be too available in the street, right, with eye contact, etc. So it makes, it makes sense, you know, whether it would be nice to think, oh, we could all just be in each other's eyes. Yeah, would be nice. But it's also understandable that we have, we have a, a certain, even kind of important protective instinct against too much, against un, uh, unsafe kinds of intimacy in a way, and that we've got historical layers of the ways we've learned to to you know through the learned lessons that have shown us, hey, I'm not sure I want to be intimate or can be intimate here. In various ways, right? Physical intimacy, but also eye contact intimacy, and um, and also, of course, we it can be that we've built up that that we've learned something about intimacy in such a way that even when it is safe, even when it is welcome, even when it is beautiful, actually, that we we remain a little over wary or defended or nervous about it, and. Because of all of that, an exercise like this can be beautiful, opening, heartful, wonderful, like you say. But it also can be, you know, confronting, sometimes just hearing about it. We're going to walk around, we're going to be in each other's eyes. Oh my God! (laughs) So my apologies for those for whom it was. Yes, please. I don't have a question. I just have a comment. I thought it was really hard Mm. to look in someone's eyes for an extended amount of time. I even mouthed to her. She was the first one. I was like, this is awkward for me. Right. But I look at people's eyes when I talk to them. I feel like it, but to do it for an extended... Not, it was very uncomfortable. My body got tight. Like right. I could sense. You no, know, it was just. But then by the end, I got more comfortable. Um, and at one point, I felt some champagne. But I noticed I shut it off really quickly. Uh huh. Um, uh-huh. So that was interesting. You put the cork back in the bottle. Yeah, I put the cork <laughs> in the bottle. But I, I just found it very challenging. Constant. Yeah. 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 So, do you know, I mean, you don't necessarily have to say, but it might be worth just even as an in, a kind of ongoing internal question, do you know what was hard about it? What was uncomfortable about it? I think at first it just felt awkward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I don't know, maybe because it is kind of intimate, you are looking at someone, and, you're, and you were speaking about different things, you know, sending them kindness or whatever. So I could send the kindness and the love without looking at them. Right. But to do it at the same time is just, it was maybe just too much. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, intimacy and the vulnerability and the way they go together. You know, it, it's challenging in yeah. different ways and at different times and uh, for all of us. Right? Yeah. It's definitely, it's, it's challenging. So I feel the same way everyone else did about it being very odd and strange. But what it makes me realize is 
how infrequently I look into the eyes of people that I really love mm. and how I'm missing out on so many connections and that sometimes I have to remind myself and it's not often that I get those reminders because most of the time I'm really busy and going from place to place and whether it's a loved one or my children and it's just like, yeah, see you, bye, love you, bye, and how we can't take just two seconds and when it, it almost feels awkward with the people that you love because we're just so not used to slowing down and it kind of makes me sad. But this is a nice reminder, so thank you. Right, right. Yeah, and just by the encouragement then to let this nice reminder, you know, have a place in your practice. Well, I mean, actually, this is a great way to practice. I mean, this, the, the exercise we did was that. It was an exercise, right? So it's a slightly formalized and contrived version of that. You're not going to stop people in the street and say, hold on a minute, let's do this thing together, right? <laughs> but... Like you say, slowing down is a great support for that. And then just tracking the heart's relationship. And you could take any one of those four qualities, for example, and spend the day just even going through the street, just the people around you. Oh, yeah, just like me. Here's a, here's a street full of people. And then you could notice, oh, people are caught up in preoccupation. People are invested in their various dramas. People are busy with whatever's important for them. People are lost in what... Oh, yeah, I know all those experiences, too. So then you can kind of contemplate meta in that way. Or likewise, this fact of, wow, all these people have inevitably got their own str struggles, emotional struggles, health struggles, family struggles, financial struggles, you know, and then contemplating karuna in that way. So in the wider sphere, and then also with one's family, you know, your, it will have an effect, however busy or, or um, caught up your loved ones or children or whoever might be, if you, just that willingness for you to slow down when you remember and to make a moment's contact, it will have an effect. Well, I'm going to take it home with me because I'm going to find it an interesting exercise to ask either of my two children to just do this. And I have to say the other thing to this is when there's a loss, like we just lost our dear pet a few weeks mm. ago, we slowed down. But it's only when you have grief and you can't seem to process, nothing else is important. And that was a place of connectivity. But again, when you get over that, it's like the heart kind of closes up again. And this was just a great reminder, so thank you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Intensity of the heart life breaks through the ordinary stuff. So we take, the, take your heart for granted, but then intensity, you fall in love. Suddenly, whoa, all the everyday is gone and uh, the heart's gone. And grief and loss is the same thing. The intensity of feeling breaks through the everyday. But the other thing that can break through the everyday is practice. And practice breaks through the, the taking stuff for granted so that you don't need to wait to fall in love or wait for grief in order for the heart to be more online. Right? Practice brings the heart online amidst the everyday. Please. I just, it was just very interesting when we were sitting. Um, this, this incident that happened when I was young, and uh, 
And hold a little closer. Sure. You know, I don't know if it's pivotal necessarily, but it's big. But it didn't hurt. I felt mm. I had so mm. much space in there. And even though I could remember, I could see like the precise details. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wasn't suffering. I wasn't suffering. Right. You know, it was right. just, I was just developed in a kind of space. Mm. And, uh, so while you were sitting in the way that we were, that some memory of some maybe pivotal or very impactful situation from early life came up, and it sounds like that you were able to recall it and recognize the emotion or the difficulty or the impact of it, and to let it kind of be digested or met in that heartfulness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's a big part of awakening in the heart center is actually just the making room for the undigested material of our lives. And sometimes just that, as you described, just the making room, something can arise, something that may have had a lot of drama or grief or hurt or confusion or anger or pain or resentment or whatever associated with it. And a lot of story making that we've done for decades about it. And we're able to just meet it and it sort of metabolizes itself until it's just, I still know what happened, right? But I'm not, there's no emotional charge left with it. Uh, at all. At all. Yeah, at it's all. just very neutral. Yeah. And it may also, you know, for some other things, that needs, that process has to happen many, many times, you know, and it comes and, the, and we get more involved with it. But that process of being willing to just, to kind of, to let the heart sort of tenderize our experience, metabolize our experience. And that sometimes means making room for the anger that, you know, didn't get a chance to come out then and has been just going on in this internal loop for, for decades or coming out in various sort of related but un- indirect ways for decades. But useful. Right. So sometimes it can happen in, a, in a, just one moment of allowing and sometimes it's a kind of more ongoing digestive process. Well, in, over my meditation, certain things have come up, and some do pass, and others have to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Is that uh, one more? Two more, maybe? Okay, one, then two, and then we'll move on. Um, Just a quick question. Um, I found the whole experience very moving, uh, but I was also a little bit disappointed in myself in some ways because I felt very self-conscious of Uh my own expression. And I was like, I wish I... Why am I so worried about how I'm coming across? Uh So (laughs) I'm just wondering if you can offer any advice. Yes. Well, firstly, I guess self-consciousness isn't wholly new. I guess that's not the first time you've met it, right? So sometimes the intention might be, oh, let me give my heart to this other person, etc. But we notice some familiar, you know, configuration of experience in ourselves. And in that case, rather than being concerned with what should be happening, oh, I should be just feeling loving, etc., 
the very qualities we're talking about, let them meet that experience. So to be tender with your own self-consciousness. Allowing of your own self-consciousness. Oh, I feel self-conscious now. Okay, so let me be gentle with that. Don't give myself a hard time for it. Watch out for the fact that, like you said, oh, I get disappointed. Oh, that's a shame. Oh, why did I do like that? Oh, I spoiled the exercise. Oh, I could have... Hold on. Hold on. Tender, forgiving, allowing. It's just self-consciousness. Hello, self-consciousness. <laughs> so your self-consciousness is just as deserving of those heart qualities as the person you're with or anything else. I don't remember giving that instruction. <laughs> yeah. So my self-consciousness was the fact that I was very self-conscious of my facial expression, how that might be perceived by another yeah. person. I didn't want to hurt that person's feeling. Like if they feel like I'm, if I don't smile, they might feel like they're doing something wrong. So yeah. I, yeah. It just, I just wasn't sure how to get out of that. So. Right. Well, that's what we do, right? We make experience complicated. We get, you know, we get caught up in what's going on with me and caught up in what's going on with them and caught up in what we think they think about what's going on with me. Oh, my God. So the, the heart's way of dealing with that, right? the bodily intelligence with dealing with that is just present with whatever. The heart's wisdom around dealing with that is love it, allow it, it's okay. Including those kind of neurotic little loops of self-concern that we get into it. Love it, allow it, it's okay. That's your mantra for self-confident, self, uh, self-consciousness. Okay. I had a few different experiences. Um, I noticed that the first person that I encountered, I was very aware of how much I was projecting. I'm face-to-face with a stranger. I don't Mm. know this person at all. Mm. And I'm instructed to open my heart to a human being there, and I kind of did. And um, um, my projections weren't very, very specific, but they were kind of, you know, a feeling about about this person. Um, And... um, Uh, just you know, a projection of his, a general feeling tone about him. Um, I was aware of that, that some degree of projection with each of the people I encountered. Mm. I was also aware that I felt constricted by the instructions to look at the other person's eyes only. I felt I was curious. I wanted to see the eyes in the context of the face. And I did, did look at in, in, um, one person in particular at all of the features on her face, and I felt a little bit uh, like I was being a little bit naughty to do that. Um, um, but it felt like the, the fixation on eyes was limiting. Right. Um, so that was another experience. Another one was um, 
in the, in the walking around part, it felt a little bit like musical chairs at a certain point. And I knew, you, you know the game musical chairs? Yeah, 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 sure. And I, I, I knew any moment now you're going to say, stop in front of somebody. Yeah. And what if nobody was going to stop in front of me? And there yeah. was anxiety that came up around that. Yeah. Um, I felt v very much a softening of the heart and a, and a, and a going out somehow of my heart to each of the people that I encountered. And by the last one, I don't know if it was an accumulation or this particular person or your instructions particularly touched me, but I found myself, uh, found myself tearing and um, just very moved by a kind of an oh my godness of this direct encounter with another mm -hmm. human being, a stranger, a young woman, uh, and again, the projection and a feeling of, oh, this lovely young person has a long life of pain, pain and a lot of other things ahead of her, but wow, <laughs> she's, gonna, she's got a whole life to go through. Um, and there was a, a kind of a sorrow and a, and a, and a compassion with all of that, uh, from all of that. Um, and I, I, I was aware of my tears, and she began to cry. I have no idea why, whether she was responding to me or we were responding to one another or what was happening, but I also became aware of my chest, as you have been directing us to do. And it was, it did not feel gentle and open. It felt aching. It was aching. Yeah. The ache was, and, and it was a tightness with that aching. Yeah. Because most essentially, you know, what you're doing in an exercise like that, more than walking around a room, which of course we're also doing, and more than walking around meeting other people, what you're really most essentially doing is you're walking through the territory of your heart, right? You're walking through all the things you just mentioned, your projection, anxiety, self-consciousness, doubt, exposure, vulnerability, right? So whatever way in which those things have some grip on us, that's what we'll meet, of course. If the, and if those things have no grip on us, then then all we will meet, what we will meet, is just the natural resting places of the heart. If none of those things have a grip on us, we'll just meet the unmediated, unrestricted uh, heart qualities that that I was speaking about and evoking. But that's in a way the value of doing those. Actually, if there's nothing else in the way, one's really familiar with those qualities anyway. You don't really need to do exercises about them because they're just available. That's where the heart goes naturally. But, the, it, but doing an exercise like that allows us to meet the territory of the heart. So it's not about getting it right or wrong. It's that actually the tears or the projection or the tightness, it's like, oh, that's the opportunity. Right? That's what our practice is. It's either just freely meeting everything. That's the ideal practice. Right? But much of the time that's not available. So it's Oh, it's also the meeting with whatever isn't doesn't seem to be free, so that it can be met and tenderized. So, in that sense, I'm glad you got to meet, you know, to meet some of the tightness, to recognize the projection, etc.
that's the that's the the practice that we did working. I just want to say uh, one other thing, and this is in, in reference to, to one of your observations. Uh, I'm a native New Yorker. I, you know, lived here my whole life, and um, you know, I'm an old person now, and you know, gone through a lot of things, a lot of changes in my life. I find myself walking down the streets of the city um, in much more in a mu much more open fashion than I ever did, and very often doing something a little bit like what we did here. Mm -hmm, I, I look mm -hmm, at people, mm -hmm. I look at faces, sometimes every face that I pass. Now, I don't know if it's because of my development and being a le much less defended person now than I was in the past, or because I'm an old person no. and people feel Aging more, is no guarantee more... of getting wiser. No, no. <laughs> it's because of your practice, believe me. There's plenty of people who every year they just get more uptight and more defended and more neurotic and more uh, crotchety. But also, I think other people feel less threatened by old people. And so people are, uh, uh, I think also for that reason, more friendly to me. And I find myself looking at people, people greet me on the street. This is relatively new in my, in my life, smiling at me. Um, you know, in Manhattan, this happens every day of my life. Well, you can attribute to it to whatever you like, but my, I would, we can't tell, right? I also think, there's plenty of things I can't tell why things are happening, but the, my choice is I attribute it all to the goodness of my practice. <laughs> because then that, that, that you know, feeds a kind of uh, beautiful motivation in a way. Right, so you could say, oh no, it's just because I've got old. But there's a lot of dismissiveness that can go along there of the fact that, you know, like I say, there's plenty of people who have gotten old without developing any wisdom whatsoever, right? So what I hear is the goodness of your practice in that. What I hear is the receptivity in you that allows yourself to respond more openly to people, to take in more of the openness that comes your way. Beautiful. Even in Manhattan. <laughs> That was my New York accent. Did you get it? <laughs> okay. Uh, let's just take uh, just uh, two or three minutes uh, to stretch your legs and whatever, and then another piece we'll look at.